Hello, everybody. This is One More Road for the Beer, the podcast where we talk about beer, travel, and food around the greatest cities in Europe where to drink beer. I'm Zachary Johnston. With me, as always, is my beer Sherpa, Joe Stang. Howdy, Zach. Hey, Joe. So, we're back. It's summertime. Where are we going today? We've been keeping this one in our pockets for a while. I know. And finally, we can wait no longer. We are going to talk about the very city in which we sit, in which we know too much. Too much is probably right, yeah. Berlin. Berlin, the city where we live. And probably one of the more interesting beer scenes in Germany, saying, you know, no disrespect to Munich or Cologne or Dusseldorf or Bamberg. But Berlin is just a little bit different because things are a little more on the street here than those other cities. So what are some of the places you can get beer uniquely in Berlin? Berlin is a funny place, right, for beer. It, it, I think it has a lot of big, loud believers. But when they point to Berliner beer culture, I think sometimes they point to the wrong things. Right. Maybe they want to point to all the craft beer bars. And I'm sure we'll talk about some of those. But actually, a lot of those bars look like craft beer bars in many other cities. And so I think... When you compare Berlin to a city like Munich, for example, with this really long uh, brewing tradition and, and famous for the, you know, the Moss mugs and, uh, and the Oktoberfest and Helles and all these things, people think, ah, Berlin doesn't really have much of a beer culture. And I think we know better. Right. <laughs> but we had to get to know the place. And so there are uh, a, f- a few things that are kind of unique about Berlin. Not saying like 100% unique. There are other places in Germany maybe you can experience these things. But the sort of combination of them together, I think, gives Berlin its its flavor, its character. Yeah. I've lived here for now 11 and a half years, going on 12. And one of the things that I adore about this city that's really hard even to find in other parts of Germany is the Spätkauf culture. Yeah, the Spädi. The Spädi, which right now, because it's summertime, basically these are corner shops. If you're in New York, you call them a bodega. It's these little, you know, family-run corner shops where you can walk in. There are coolers along an entire wall, maybe all the way around on two or three walls. Or maybe just one little one in the corner. Or one, Yeah, yeah. or one little one in the corner, but they will sell cold beer and it'll rarely be more than two euro for a half liter. Often for one euro. And in the summer, they put little picnic tables out in front of their little shops so you can sit outside with your mates all day if you want, all night, pay a Euro 50 for an Augustina Helles, half liter, all night. Yeah, or the Berliner Pilsner, Berliner Kindle, and yeah. these are the, you know, the Sterni, it's one of the famous uh, cheapies we've got. Uh, like sometimes it's the... 80 cents a bottle. Yeah, <laughs> which, you know, we don't necessarily advocate beer for it to be that cheap. That might actually be too cheap. But um, if you're on a budget and um, it's Reinheit's about compliant technically, so it's going to be of a certain quality. It's uh, For sure. And now, like, especially over the last, I'd say, five years but three years more specifically the selection has gotten deeper and deeper as both craft culture comes up in in germany in general and berlin with local bottles coming into play in cans but also you know imports are starting to come in like i rolled into one spate on flughafenstrasse in neukölln which is sort of in the east a very popular way that that goes towards Tempelhof, which is a nice park, so you can get off the U-Bahn, which is the metro, walk down the street, and go to a beautiful big park. But there are spätis along that road where you can get a stone, you can get an evil twin, you can get a, a founder's legit craft beer that is high-end in the world. 
And it's still only three or four bucks. Right. Everyone, you know, who likes beer in, in town has a favorite Spady, right? And they know a place that has a great selection of Belgian ones or, or, a, or a great selection of Franconian for some reason that's unknown to everyone except the owner of the shop. <laughs> you know, he's got this great selection of Franconian beer or, um, and yeah, but you can find IPAs in a lot of these shops now and you, you can drink it on the way. We talk about the Spady as a, as a cornerstone. The next cornerstone would be the Veg beer. So it is completely tolerated, allowed, legal here to walk around with an open beer and drink it on the street. Yes. And there are some... <laughs> and some, on the metros and U-bonds and yeah, trams and buses. Yeah. And, yeah. Well, it's at least it's tolerated on the trains. It, right. I, I'm, it's not, I'm not really clear. I always got the feeling they could enforce that if they needed to, but I've never seen anyone enforce that at all. Yeah. I uh, think only if you're like out of control. Yeah. And there are some neighborhoods and there are some U-bond lines at certain hours where if you don't have a veg beer, you feel kind of left out. <laughs> And uh, you like I'm, I'm not I'm not fitting in right now. The veg beer means the way beer. It's the beer for the road. There's also sometimes you hear it called fuspils, and there's there's some other like local words for it too. But I, the idea is maybe you're going out to a party, or maybe you're going to go meet somebody at a bar, and you're thirsty. You've been working all day, or not? It's Berlin, or you know, I think more often for me, it's the the one I probably shouldn't have at the end of the night. Everyone's leaving the bar. It's like time to go home, and it's like yeah, one more. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't help that they sell beer in the Metro and U-Bahn stations. You know, I mean, imagine going into a subway station and boom, right before you go up the stairs to get on the train, there's somebody there selling you beer at three in the morning for about a buck fifty. Eh, you're going to buy one. Yeah. The challenge is to like, look like someone who's relaxed with a refreshing beer instead of look like a derelict. <laughs> uh, and I'm sure at times I've walked that line, maybe crossed that line. But uh, Yeah, your hair is a little too must and sweaty. <laughs> your eyes are a little bloodshot. Oh, you'll fall asleep and missed your stop on the yeah. bus and end up yeah, on the night bus. And but even then, you're not alone. No, that's true. And that's sort of the great thing. Like with, with the vague beer, you can get them everywhere because, again, going back to the Shbeti, I mean, they are corner shops on every corner around the city. And so it, it's not hard to find whatsoever. Yeah, so yeah. That's, that covers two of the, uh, the the main touchstones there. We have the uh, Speti and the Vegbier, but that's all to-go stuff. There are hundreds of great little neighborhood bars in Berlin. Are you saying there are bars in Berlin? <laughs> there are a couple thousand, maybe? I don't know. I've, <laughs> there are a lot of bars. And um, if you only go to the tippy-top uh, lots of taps, craft beer bars, you're going to miss out on some of these really cool, authentic neighborhood pubs that have been around a long time, or it's often feel like at least they've been around a long time. Uh, and they are called by the locals the Eckkneipen or the Kitzkneipen, which is like corner bar or neighborhood bar. And um, if you, like a, a good compliment is if you hear someone say, hey, that's echt Kitzkneipen, like a real neighborhood bar, right? Yeah. Uh, or a real corner bar, and that often means that it's very friendly. It's inexpensive, cozy. Um, it may be smoky. There, yes. A lot of them are Rauchkneipe also. Big disclaimer. Smoking still bars. smoking bars here. Yeah, they some of them. Yeah, and then you, there are still a lot of authentic ones that don't do the smoking anymore, uh, but have moved more towards food. Right. Uh, and those are great too. One comes to mind right away that I really like is the Stadtklause in Mitte. It's been there near the old, where the old city gates were, the old um, sort of the tax walls, right? The, before people would pay their tax, maybe stop and have a beer or, or on their way back out. Now, the Stadtklause has really good schnitzel. They have um, solid uh, Strexbroy uh, pills from Franconia. 
the place probably hasn't changed in decades and and uh it's got a very like original decor there's the cockalofen and the and the old uh tile stove in the corner and and uh kind of brusque waiters who you know are used yeah. to dealing with a few tourists also but it feels like a local's place when you're in there yeah there's some great especially the further sort of east you go into Prenzlauerberg there's a a few that really you walk into them and you feel like you're back in East Berlin in the 70s or 80s the decor has not changed the waitstaff might not have changed <laughs> the glassware the shot glasses the beer glasses it, it's just not changed and you sit down and yes people are going to be smoking and there'll be like guys with mullets in those leather vests sitting in there drinking euro 80 half liters of beer and taking euro shots of schnapps at you know 11 in the morning and it's it's an experience that um it's transportive to a different time and place where you'll look at the menu and you will not believe the prices yeah they're like little time machines these places um yeah. Are, are you thinking of the Villebrecht, for example? For example, yeah. yeah. That one has a even nicer because besides the the uh, sort of authentic ambiance and, and the low prices and everything else, uh, it's the beer is Hohentaner, really solid Bavarian beer. I don't know why is Hohentaner beer there. It's not a thing you see around Berlin very often, but right. uh, but it's it's good, solid. Good to get a solid beer, and some of the places you do have to tolerate smoke uh, if you want to experience it, and you, you know there's. Plenty of non-smoking places, but if you want to go to these places. Another, I think technically it's in Prenzlauerberg, is the Prasnik. Uh, and it's like preserved East Berlin. Like it, it's, there's hardly any decorations. Uh, prices are very low. They have a, a, a beer that's brewed for them special at, um, at the Zukunft Brewery, I believe. I haven't verified that, but that's what I heard anyways. Right. But it's cheap. It is smoky. But when you see it, it's like, this is this is the real deal. And it hasn't, probably hasn't changed in 40 years. Yeah. Speaking of breweries, it's kind of interesting because Berlin's a very transient city. The people from all over the world come here and kind of bring beer from all over the world. I mean, it, it, this is the sort of city where you can very easily find New England IPAs or you can find stouts and different things going on in the craft industry. If you're coming to Berlin, where would a sort of, can't think of a better term, but international craft, modern craft beer bar be that you go to first? I think my favorite's Muted Horn, yeah. if we're talking about craft beer bars. Uh, and they have about 20 taps. The reason that I think for me it edges out some a lot of the others, besides the fact that they're just really friendly. Yeah. Um, Owned by Canadians, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and they'll sometimes say, sorry. Um, <laughs> is uh, the, the first two or three taps are normally traditional German beers, like usually a couple of lagers and, and a, maybe a Weiss beer. And then after that, you get into maybe some some really good Belgian stuff. There may be something from like a Terras Bulba from Brasserie de la Seine or, or Gurus from Tilcam, uh, like authentic stuff. Then you get into the wilder things. Like they've got some from across Europe uh, and from North America as well. And other places they get all of the imperial milkshake pastry stout IPA things that you could possibly want in combinations you haven't yet encountered elsewhere and then a couple of like nitro taps of something really dark and strong and thick and um, and then a ridiculous bottle list of uh, lambic beers and, and yeah. other wild things their and, bottle list is insane yeah I mean it's sort of one of those nights I've, I've sat there far too many nights pulling bottles out of there and uh, it's still technically Berlin prices compared to those same bottles that you get if you're saying L.A. or New York or Chicago, where it'd be like double, triple the price, where there they'll bring an alesmith in from San Diego, and it's still Berlin prices. I don't know how they do it, 
I don't care. I don't ask. I just enjoy the beer. But it's also great because, you know, they got endless pretzel sticks, endless water. <laughs> they got good board games. Yeah. They got a nice outdoor bit and they bring in different food trucks every now and then. Sometimes, yeah. Uh, I, l- lately, my thing when I go there has been to order food. Yeah. Order pizza from W. Nice. Really, really good. Uh, there's also really cheap falafel just around the corner. You can bring that in. You can bring whatever yeah. food you want in there. When we say really cheap, we mean a Euro 50, which is about $1.75 for a falafel. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not the most amazing falafel you've ever eaten in your life, but it's a falafel for a Euro 50. We're not gourmets here. We're gourmands, obviously. <laughs> yes. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, that's definitely one of my favorite places as well. It's also, like you said, you can drop in there anytime. There will be something good to drink there, period. I, there's a, like a million places in Neukölln. That's the neighborhood that's in that we could mention. But there's another one because it's so close that because you because you pretty much have to go to Mutterhorn. There's another you, thing you could do just down the street. There's a, a rooftop bar called Klunkerkranich. Uh, and um, it's a pretty bohemian up there. Um, I love it because you get great views over the city, which if you're only in town for, say, a weekend is like a nice thing to do. You don't have to pay the high prices to go up in the TV tower. You can go to Klunkerkranich get a uh, half liter mug of Pilsner Urkel tank beer and enjoy the view with this lovely fresh uh, Czech Pilsner. And they've got some some local beers up there too, but uh, I got to go for the... And it, it's kind of odd because you go up in an elevator and you kind of got to walk through a parking garage up one more floor and then you'll find it. So don't don't be put off when you get off the elevator and you're in a parking garage. You just yeah. got to go follow, literally follow the crowd. There will always be people going up yeah, there. Yeah, but you're totally going to feel like you discovered something even though everybody knows about it. Right. It's it, it, it's cool <laughs> that way, yeah. Yeah, and if actually you uh, are at Muted Horn and you walk down there, you'll walk past uh, one of my friend's bookshops, Curious Fox Books, which is uh, an English language bookshop and you can grab a Guinness there too if you want because it's Berlin. There you go. <laughs> All right, your turn. So I think... I got to go with a bar you introduced me to um, that has become basically my go-to beer bar, which is Herman's. My love of Belgian beer was sort of solidified by sitting in this bar and just going through the bottle list, listening to the owner, bartender, Bart, just bring out crazy bottles, have beautiful things on tap that's always rotating. Every time I've been there, it's been an experience of drinking and learning, but having a great time at the same time. Yeah, it's in, it's a very minimalist atmosphere. Very. The first time I was there, I found it a, a bit cold actually. Um, but you realize soon that it's it's a really it's really Bart's personality that fills the place, and you sit there and chat with him and other people who are there to like, you know, laugh with him. And then there's about a hundred different Belgian beers up on the shelves there. Yeah. The prices are good. You're paying, I think these days, eight or ten euros for a for like a. 37.5 of, of Gurus, for example, which is about what you pay in Brussels these days, sometimes less than what you pay in Brussels. The selection is good enough that it's better than probably 99% of the beer bars in Belgium, and you're paying basically Brussels prices in Berlin. So it's, uh, I mean, if you're into Belgian beer, I think you, it's a stop that you want to make. Of course, not everybody coming to Berlin wants to drink Belgian beer or right. so I, I think there's a place we know that would be if you want to wallow in German beer like right, right. especially traditional German beer it's my local <laughs> it's where we have we have a monthly stamtisch in this place uh, it's Forster's Feine Beer in Steglitz if I were forced to say it probably it's probably my favorite beer bar in the city I am biased because I can walk there in 20 minutes right, right. also because I love German beer too but he's got uh, four regular taps, including the lovely Schönermahl, a really classy, bitterish herbal, Moritz Fiege pills, 
Uh, and then there's always a couple of changing uh, guest taps that are always interesting. It's a small place. It's not a, it's, and it's, it's out of the way. It's not in the cool part of town. But it is a real neighborhood bar. It's out of the way in the sense that you take the U-Bahn to Walterscheibestrasse, and it's a 10-minute walk from the train station. Right. It's easy to get to. Yeah. But, it's, but if you look at a map of where the cool places are, it, it's going to be a detour. You, it's yeah. hard to make a For sure. You can't do a crawl from there. I mean, mm-hmm. you can, but you're going to be in some Stegler's places that right. are not necessarily doing craft beer or whatever. But, but uh, it is, uh, it's cozy. They're friendly. The beer is always served perfectly. They do a very patient pour, so you get the foam that lasts all the way down to the bottom of the glass, and then you finish it and realize you basically need another right away. And um, it's uh, yeah, it's like home away from home. Yeah, I mean, uh, Forster's is is one of those bars that it feels essential if you're in Berlin and you love beer because he'll also do kegs on the bar of Schlenkula, and then you know you sit there and you kind of can't leave until that keg's kicked. Um, but then on the on the other side, it's also a great place for some very, I want to say, minimalist German food. And so there's a Pferdewurst, which is a, a horse meat verst with a beautiful potato salad. They do a good Leberkäse, which is sort of a German meatloaf. Um, they have really good Landjäger, which is sort of the pepperoni sausages that are dry cured. Good pickles, good rye bread, good all this. I mean, it's, it's the food is yeah. The food yeah. It's, it's a limited menu, and the food's really simple. But the yeah. attention to quality is really high. Yeah, you get good stuff there. Yeah, very and, very and homemade. It's homemade. And, it's, oh. and the, I have to say, when we're talking about traditional German beers, it's not just Franconian stuff or just Bavarian stuff. He gets uh, barrels of uh, Dusseldorfer Alt beer, and they're on the bar. Does it from gravity. There's uh, there are he's got craft beers too. There are IPA, yeah. there are IPAs in yeah. there, and uh, but uh, his only limitation is that it it should be German beer. So yeah. and, and I think it's just because nobody else is doing that. You know, it's not a weird political thing or no. And also he's uh, Sven, the guy who runs the place. He's doing a really interesting thing now that he's starting to release on a small menu on the side, which you'll miss if you don't look around for where the menus are sort of placed on the walls and corners and stuff. Um, he's starting to bring up beers he's aged for a few years in his own cellar and it'll be beers that you wouldn't necessarily age traditionally and he's just sort of doing it to see what happens and if they're good he's bringing them up and selling them and you're so you're you have the ability to have schlenkler rauch beer that's four years old aged in the bottle and it does what you kind of think it will do in the sense if you've had you know the alaskan porter that's aged for x amount of years where these flavors start to amp up or different things come out. And it's, it's kind of fascinating because I don't know of anyone else in Berlin per se who's doing that. Yeah. It's, it's also refreshing, you know, when you have so many great craft beer bars in Berlin and we need to hit some of them, right? Yeah. Uh, that, it, that this is sort of, it's so different from the rest of them. That So what would be your, we mentioned Mutenhorn, but of like sort of classically molded, not modern molded uh, craft beer bars, what would be your next one? I've kind of fallen in love with bottle shops. Okay. Uh, especially bottle shops that you can like sit in and drink all night. And so Bierladen, which is over by Mariendam, which I guess is technically... Is that Schoenberg or is that Kreuzberg? It's Kreuzberg, sort of Bergman-Keats. So if you go to Mariendam, which is a huge intersection of the U6 and U7, U-Bahn lines, can't miss it. Tons of stuff there. A five-minute walk up from there is this little sort of corner shop, which is actually next to a craft beer bar sort of thing. Bierladen, and it's basically two walls of cases of cold beer from all over Germany and a few Belgians and a few Americans in the back. They have, I want to say six to eight taps. That's usually rotating. So you'll get like Mars from Bamberg and you'll get this, that, and the other. Always great stuff. 
the best part is the price. I mean, the, the stuff off the tap is going to be in the three to six euro range, but the bottles, especially the German bottles, they're starting off at Spady prices. So euro 20, euro 50, and then go up from there, depending on, you know, how crafty it gets and how unique it gets. The Belgium's are a little more expensive, of course, because the, you can grab a bottle of Three Fountain and split that with your friends if you want. Big tables in the middle, sort of all communal, a couple little tables outside. And again, it's one of those places you can sit there all day and all night and just really explore the modern and traditional beer scene at the same time. Bottle okay. by bottle, can by can. I like it. I'm going to cheat now. <laughs> and I'm going to like name three, three bars pretty quickly because we, if we go on and on about each one of them, then... But I think they deserve mentioning. Um, so one would be the Monterey Bar. Oh yeah, in Prenzlauerberg. It's a. It is. They have a very extensive can and bottle list of weird things that you will be shocked to find in Berlin. Uh, also, solid list of ten taps that lately always include Kaysman pills from Bamberg, which makes me very happy. But, you know, after I taste something weird, then I can settle in with some pills. Used to be a smoking bar, no longer. Yeah. Also, so that's, great, funky, sort of fun time at night. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's a, a rock party. bar. Yeah, it's a yeah, rock it's bar. It's a rock bar. Yeah. Uh, and then I would say Birerai, which is just down the street from where we record the show. And so we often pop in there afterward for a beer. Um, he usually has a couple of decent lagers, and then there's uh, a good kind of weird tap list. But I think the really cool thing there is that vintage bottle list. Yeah. Which maybe is like more than I usually want to pay, but it's like he started looking and it's like, wow, this is cool. And over, it's only going to get better over time as he builds up these years of uh, barley wines and, and lambic beers and things. And um, and he also has a, a shop across the street, down a little bit, a uh, beer or ice shop, which is a great little, works as a spady. Yep. You can pop in there and grab a, from a huge selection of beers from the coolers and then walk away with one of your favorites, so... Yeah, a of pills for Euro 50. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. And then the other I wanted to mention uh, is Protocol. Oh, interesting. Uh, in Friedrichshain. Also Hoffenreich in Kreuzberg. We could go on with some of these. Uh, there's a lot of these yeah, places. Hops and Barley in Friedrichshain. Yeah, yeah, places with 20 or so taps usually. Um, uh, well, Hops and Barley deserves maybe mention on its own. As, as okay. Maybe we should do that. But um, So Hoffenreich was one of the first proper craft beer bars in Berlin. And it wasn't that, didn't open that long, maybe seven or eight years ago, six or seven years About ago. About that, yeah. Uh, and it's near uh, Slash's Tour in uh, Kreuzberg. It's a very Kreuzberg kind of place, but it's matured. It's very cozy, candlelit atmosphere, good mix on the taps, and, and there's a hedgehog as a mascot that, that, you'll, yeah. that you'll just have to take a picture of, probably, take right. a selfie with the hedgehog. It's an interesting neighborhood because it's that sort of bridge between Kreuzberg and Friedrichshain where it's kind of like both, so you get kind of like the funky atmosphere yeah. of Friedrichshain, but it's, you know... Yeah, edgy and edgier. And edgier, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. And then on, on the edgier... Uh, protocols in the middle of that over there in Friedrichshain. Was P- Friedrichshain is like a great neighborhood for bar crawling. Oh yeah, it's dangerous over there, and, um, and well, dangerous in the sense that you might not get out before sober, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or before dawn, or yeah. Uh, and protocol would be. I always think I'm just going to go into protocol and just have one beer and go on to another place, and I usually end up somebody orders another and. But it's also pretty minimalist craft beer bar. But they get a really interesting selection from Eastern Europe, Russia also, plus good American stuff, stuff from Franconia, stuff. There is like liberal splashes of good taste, let's say, among yeah. the randomness there. So Yeah, they've, I've had a few good Polish craft beers there, I think. Yeah, oh, yeah. there's usually something Polish, yeah. yeah. But around the corner from there is hops and barley. Right. 
Yeah. Do you want us to talk about hops and barley? Yeah. I mean, I used to have my birthday parties at hops and barley back in the day. Okay. Back, uh, back when we could uh, allow ourselves to do that before kids came along. Um, yeah. It's this sort of kind of, I feel like, almost proto-craft beer bar before the scene really blew up here. And so it's a, a very kind of classic beer bar place, lots of tile, old wood tables. I got the uh, the tunes right there when you walk in. Um, only a few taps of what they're cooking up right now. Usually four or five, I think. You, you four yeah. or five, yeah. Um, and what they're doing. And a very minimalist bar with a few spirits and things like that. But always a great crowd. Like, all consistently. And it's sort of, for me, it's always been consistently just good, solid craft beer where nothing's overblown, nothing's too trendy. It's just, hey, this is this is what we do well. Enjoy. I really like that place. Uh, I like the atmosphere. It's it's cozy. You can end up sitting next to people and making new friends. And, yeah. and uh, especially but, if you're in the room in the back. Yeah, yeah. But I, I think um, if we start getting into breweries, we're going to be here all day. But <laughs> but uh, quality wise, that might be my favorite brewery in Berlin. Yeah. The actual brewery is now in Matzon. But every time we go in there, the beer is basically perfect. Yeah. Uh, it's one of my favorite uh, pills that you can get in that's brewed in Berlin. It's, it's nice and like it's herbal, hoppy and bitter. And then their seasonal beers are, are really nice, too. They're usually playing around with lots of Czech hops, uh, maybe making like highly ales with lots of saws in them for some reason. And I don't know, but it works. And um, it's I, I like what they do there very much. Yeah. yeah, It's interesting as well, because now, you know, over the last... Like I said before, three to five years, things have really blown up. And so, you know, if you want to go to BrewDog, you can go to BrewDog. If you want to go to, well, now Stone is going to be BrewDog as well. I thought we were going to get to this whole show without mentioning Stone, BrewDog, or Mickler. <laughs> I know. And it, like, all that's here. But yeah. for me, it's sort of like I rarely go to those places because what's already here is good. I mean, even if you go, so if you're not far from where we are right now in Kreuzberg, there's a place called Markethalle Neun. And in one of the back corners, there's a little brewery. That's been there for years and years, and they've been plugging away, making great craft the way they want to make it, and it's consistently, in my opinion, fantastic. It's gotten better over the years, I'll say. Yeah, it's gotten better and better. It used to be for me hit or miss, but lately, every time I get one from there, it's like, oh, yeah, these guys are really good. Yeah, they've been there for a while, and it's sort of, it's another one of those places. So, Marketal Annoying is uh, Thursday through Sunday. Sometimes that varies, but a whole bunch of food people come in. You can get oysters on the half shell. You can get barbecue at big stuff you can get burgers you can get meatballs you can get cheese you can get ramen burgers generally if you can think of it in a a trendy food sense it's going to be there and so it's a wonderful place if you're on the weekend to go and just wander around eat some great food maybe if you're here with an airbnb and you want to take some food home and cook it you can get it there's an amazing butcher there there's fruit there's vegetables things like that but then you got to go grab a beer in the corner Absolutely, yeah. I, the, I had the stout last time. It was like 7% and really rich. And it was in the middle of winter. It was snowing outside. I was like, this is just what I needed. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, Berlin's a very neighborhood-based city. And it's sort of like you can easily get stuck in one neighborhood. Like we we're saying with like in Friedrichstein, uh, Hops and Barley, you could end up walking around there for 48 hours and not go to sleep and hit a different bar every for hour. For sure, yeah. yeah. Um, but let's go to a different part of the city. Let's go up sort of north central in Vetting. Yeah, so I love this little triangle up there. There's more in Vetting than, than just these, but um, you have the uh, the Hops and Barley Bottle Shop, which is maybe, for all things considered, the best bottle shop in Berlin. Uh, you have Eschenbroi Brew Pub, which, again, uh, like Hops and Barley, is just really good quality and been doing it for a long time. Yeah. And then you have the Vagabond Brew Pub, 
started by three American guys, but over time it's evolved into this real neighborhood place. Uh, and the beers are, even though they brew on this really tiny kit, the beers are always good. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and they're actually getting ready to expand into a bigger brewery up there, which should be pretty interesting. I think they'll have a tasting room and everything. But but I like that little pub. Yeah, the pub it's, is amazing. Yeah, like, it's a it's a Keats Kneipe. Yeah. yeah, it's a neighborhood bar with some of the better craft beer I think you can get in the city because the people who go there and drink really care about the beer, but everybody cares about a beer in the way that's not snobby about it. It's like, no, this is good beer. We're here because it's good beer. Let's enjoy it together. Have a good time. Have a chat. Listen to some music. Blah blah blah. You know. They also have a really excellent um, brewer, Eric Mel, who who is able to you know work this tiny kit, you yeah. know, and and somehow make everything consistent off of it, and which is a real trick. Uh, yeah, and that's what's sort of interesting about Berlin right now is there's a, so many brewers doing interesting things. I mean, there are so many places that we can't um, we can't even begin to mention in only thirty minutes. I kind of feel like when you get go to a place like Vagabond, you're going to probably bump into another brewer. You know, you can ask, start go, strike up a conversation, and they're going to lead you to a couple different places here, there, and everywhere um, because there's so there are so many places to go in Berlin. Yeah, Eschenbroi, uh, also very good little brew pub. Um, really solid pills and always playing around the seasonals change all year there's like a calendar of seasonals you can see on the on the website good uh, sort of like Bavarian ish food with crusty pretzels and then I think most of the year it's like a, a cellar bar but then they have a nice like beer garden and that's kind of I think it's more of an attraction and it's very much a neighborhood brewery I mean yeah. the people there love it and they take care of it and uh, and support it and it doesn't need tourists going there they're perfectly fine without you. Yeah. But if you go, it's very rewarding, I would say. Yeah, and that's what's great about Berlin is it is a neighborhood city. Like people really support their neighborhoods and they really try to focus on making sure that they're going to the businesses around the corner from their house because they're their neighbors. Um, but what's interesting as well about that is you just mentioned a beer garden. Berlin does have, in my opinion, great beer gardens, even though you might automatically think of Bavaria and Bamberg or Munich for their beer garden culture, which is massive, of course. There there, are, there aren't beer gardens in Berlin where they, you can seat 7,000 people like in the English Garden in Munich, but there are some pretty great beer gardens here. Like one of my old school favorites was uh, Schlussenkroig, which is by the zoo. Mm-hmm. Um, you actually walk past the zoo to get to it. You can't even, well, you can drive to it on the backside, but you have to walk to it basically if you're coming from public transportation. It's right on a canal on a lock so you can watch boats go up and down in the water. It's all walk up, cash only, and again, given the location of being in the center of the center, almost completely local. And that's what I kind of love about the beer gardens in Berlin is they're kind of, they're not centralized, they're not massive, and they're very neighborhood-based. For sure. I also like in Kreuzberg, the Golgatha. Yeah. Uh, it's another, it's like, f- feels very Berlin. It's kind of urban, but there's like a, a rooftop area where you can have this view over the playground if you have kids, so you can enjoy a Augustiner or, or a, a, I think it's a Kreuzberg or Dunkel they have there randomly. Uh, and then watch the kids run around and have, have little cheap snacks, and it's a good, good one, too. For sure. But we have a favorite beer garden. Yeah, and it is technically a Bavarian beer garden, Yeah, I think. it's not very Berlin at all, except yeah. it's right on the spray. Yeah, and it's, it's right on the river. Yeah, and it's right next to Hauptbahnhof. So literally, if you came into town on the train from Prague or Amsterdam or wherever, you could get off the train, walk for five to seven minutes, and be in the coolest, oldest beer garden in Berlin, right on the river, looking at where Miracle works underneath the oldest tree in Berlin, which is a massive chestnut tree, and drinking Augustina off of Holtz keg yeah. for four euros. The Holtz fast, yeah. It's not clear when they start tapping 
the barrels. Right? I have to sp- listen for the bell. Uh, okay. So, so uh, sometimes it's like five or six in the evening or sometimes it's just if they're busy enough. Yeah. And then if they're really busy, they have that other little yeah. uh, stand where it's only the holds fast yeah. beer. And so you don't have to mess around with the people who just want to buy like uh, soda pop and pretzels. So you just go straight to the, the barrel man. Yeah. What's great is that this is, it's, a, it's a big sort of classical beer garden next to the river under a tree. But uh, there's a, a restaurant attached where you can have like sit-down service and order your schnitzel and everything. But in the back, there's a walk-up service. So you can get um, a Schweinhaxe, which is a pork roast pork knuckle or a half a chick roast chicken or some beer cheese and chips and currywurst and all that. I'll walk up with a tray. And then the next side is where you get the beer. And they'll have Edelstoff, Dunkels. Um, a Hefeweizen or the Hefeweizen in the bottle? Yeah, I don't know. I don't remember. Then, I, never, I only uh, get the Helles. And then the Augustina Helles. <laughs> and so the half liter is 440, but a liter in a Moss is only 770 for the Helles. Is that right? Yes, yeah, 770 for a liter of Augustina Helles off the tap yeah. in Berlin, a five minute walk that's, from the main train that's station. That's cheaper than Munich. Yeah. That's cheaper than Munich. And it is phenomenally tasty yeah that's like it's the classic addictive uh sublime boring but sublime hellas i mean it's it's just very comforting very comforting especially on a hot summer day under that ancient tree in the shade watching the boats roll by on the river i mean absolutely and And there's a a little playground there for the kids yeah and the ice cream and it's also it's one of those places where it's like oh it's right by the train station it sounds touristy and it's like yes tourists are there of course uh, expats are there, college students are there, locals are there, because people live around there too. And so it it's as local as it is touristy. And, you know, you're more likely to hear German than you are English or French or Spanish or Portuguese or Russian or what have you. And so don't let the location turn you off from going there because it is, to me, it's the place like, let's say, for instance, you're coming to Germany, but you don't have time to go to Munich, but you want to have that experience of a beer garden. This will give you that to a T and you'll spend less money. Yeah, that's right. So there's, uh, I think, another very popular beer garden that should be mentioned as well. And also it's a brewery. And that's uh, at Beerlo, uh, one of the local breweries. Um, It used to be they were, they started out by brewing elsewhere outside of Berlin and then gradually they've moved more production into Berlin. And they have built this really cool, big beer garden out back. Now there's no ancient chestnuts there. But they built a sort of of like a hop arbor hanging over parts of it. Um, They have, if you don't want to go inside and uh, and wait in line to get something from their full 20-odd beer tap list, they have a little stand outside. You can just grab a beer there. There's really good ice cream out there. The food is pretty good, too. Uh, It's right there by the Gleis Dreieck Park. So you can just cut the kids loose and let them let them go while you sit there and, and, and it's on two train lines so it's the u2 and uh the u1 and the u3 yeah and so it's very easy to get to the trains are elevated there so the trains are going overhead it's a whole bunch of containers that they turned into their space and um yeah the food sort of barbecue mac and cheese thing going on yeah the re- by the way if you want to eat there in the restaurant there's food there's like food counters outside yeah uh and the food's good like i said but if you want to sit down and have they have a, a chef there who specializes in smoked foods does especially smoked vegetables and it's kind of expensive it's also really good uh and they do also smoked meats as well uh, and i think that uh, but you got to make a reservation because when the restaurant is open it's often packed and i would argue that if you're going to try the specialty of Berlin, Berliner Weisse, which is a wonderful low ABV sour beer that I'm in love with, in my opinion, the Berliner Weisse at Berlo that they pour in the summer there 
no shoes, no sweetener in it, just the standard, is a good place to start. It's uh, it's what's not so sour. Yeah. It's like a soft tartness, and you can drink a lot of it. Yeah. And then you can start exploring other Berliner Weisses that you'll find around the city because it goes in a whole bunch of different directions. There are some people doing some crazy, wonderful stuff with Berliner Weisse right now. Yeah, we've got to mention Schneeuler yeah. because they're the brewers who are making the real authentic throwback Berliner Weisse where it's uh, mixed fermentation. So it's not just that little bit of lactic sourness, which is what the world has been copying, thinking that's the real thing. They have this um, more historically accurate with Britannomyces, and so there's this funk to it, and then it evolves with age. It's like the lambic of Berlin, basically. Yeah. Uh, and um, a good place to find it is, the, it's a shop and a bar. There's Biro in Mitte, very central place, um, and it's easy to get to, friendly place, four or five fridges full of strange stuff, and uh, I think four taps now. Some little tables outside and tables inside. and, and uh, Basically, just look for the little stubby bottles with a schnoil on it. I think it has an owl, right? Yeah. Schneeuil means snowy owl. Yeah, yeah. snowy owl. So, and, they're, and they're always in stubbies. They're starting to pop around a lot more, especially in the uh, bottle shops that are more crafty. Um, but I think Berliner Weiss is a good place to end. We have to end somewhere, right? unfortunately. Basically, yeah, come to Berlin, drink Berliner Weisse. That's, that's what we'll end on. <laughs> yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. I have to say something, uh, maybe announce something even. I have written a beer guide to Berlin, and I have not yet published it. I've been busy, but I'm almost like I, I have to tweak a couple of knobs and um, add a little bit of art, and then I'm going to self-publish this thing. And Follow me at, at Thirsty Pilgrim, and you can find out when there. It should be really soon, I hope. And we'll Try. announce it at uh, One More Road for the Beer as well on all our socials. Um, we also have to announce that we're going on a short hiatus over the summer, and we'll be back soon. So, I mean, it's summertime. we got things to do, beers to drink, whatnot, places to go. And so, yeah, this is it for now. Come to Berlin, drink Berliner Weisse, look out for Joe's Guide to Berlin. Um, you can find Joe at Thirsty Pilgrim on Instagram, on Twitter. ThirstyPilgrim.com is the blog. Uh, you can find me at CTPTO Johnston on Twitter and Instagram. You can also find me, Zach Johnston, at Uproxx, where I write about beer and whiskey and travel. And yeah, you can find this podcast wherever podcasts are streamed. You just go to the podcast store. Yeah, just go to the podcast store and um, see you next time. I'm thirsty. Yeah. Bye, Joe. Bye.